your joy in relationships with others. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Zapchink, and today I'd love to share with you one of my recent messages from our home church as we take a little holiday break here at the Parable Podcast. First, let me just say thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener. 2023 has been a great year for us at the Parable Podcast, and I personally have been so encouraged by all of these stories and also connecting with you. Please enjoy this message wherever it may find you today. Well, choosing joy changes our relationship with others. Over the past few weeks, we have walked through the book of Philippians, which is a letter from the Apostle Paul, who was writing to the church of Philippi while he was in jail. He was writing this letter because he had a relationship with them. He had the joy of watching this church flourish, and they supported him. Because just 14 years prior, Paul and Silas, uh, his friend, they traveled to Philippi, and they met Lydia, who was a businesswoman, and her life, her whole household's life, was forever changed, and she financed the start of the church in Philippi. However, Paul had ended up through a series of events. He healed a girl who was suffering from a very evil spirit. Um, Her owner, the slave uh, guy, he didn't love that. He didn't love that because he was losing money. And so they decided, we're just going to take Paul. We're going to take Silas. We are going to bring them to the town center. We're going to strip and beat them with rods. And then we're going to throw them in jail. Sounds like a great start to this church, right? Um, I highly encourage you to read Acts 16. That is where the start of this church began. It is like some wild, wild stuff. He wrote this letter with the perspective of how this church has grown within 14 years. And um, he is confident that God is going to finish what he started. Paul knew that choosing joy changes our relationship with others. Scott did a great job a couple weeks ago of differentiating the difference between happiness and joy. So as a reminder, happiness is how you feel when good things happen to you. This is how I feel about outdoor string lighting. I love that. I bought a lot of those things on Amazon. I love blow-up dinosaur costumes. That brings me great joy. Um, Home goods. Gotta love that section in the clearance aisle, right? And then eating as much charcuterie as I can. That brings me a lot of happiness. But joy, it is an attitude. It is a way of life that you choose in spite of what happens to you. So last fall, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and even though we were unsure of what was happening next, we were fearful, we didn't know all the lingo, all those things, we found God giving us the sense of joy, a sense of peace, because he was walking alongside us. We had amazing doctors. Thankfully, we found um, early awareness. She's doing great, too. And there is a choice to choose joy in spite of what was happening. So with that as a context of joy, as an attitude, I'd love for you to think about these three questions for yourself. Who are the most joyful people in your life? And how often do you see them? Do you find joy in your activities, in your area of passion? Is joy an attitude of your home, of your faith, of your thought life? It's easy 
for us to lose that outlook of joy and forget the choice that we have every single day because there are things that happen to us and around us that rob us and snatch that joy right out of our heart. The beautiful thing is that Paul reminds you that you get to choose joy and no one is holding that back from you. If we look at the life of Paul, there was so much hardship that he endured. He chose joy because he knew what his life was meant for. The letter of Philippians rests on the fact that we can celebrate God's work through Jesus in any and every circumstance. Paul writes this, finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. Choosing joy, it changes our relationships with others. And so when we fill our minds, when it starts with us, with these things that are beautiful and pure and lovely, it recenters our attitude as we walk through this life. I mentioned this a little bit last week when we were going through offering. Like sometimes it's so easy to hear these negative voices in our head. They become so clear, but almost at the same time, it's like a normal process. It just kind of filters through. So we do a great job by ourselves filling our own minds with these stories that we have completely created, hypothetical situations, and false fears. And you're probably wondering, how? How do I fill my mind with these attributes when not only the walls are caving in in my mind, in my own world, but in addition, it feels like the world is going to crap, right? And there's injustice after injustice. There's not really any more room for joy. I understand that. But what if we use this scripture as our weapon? as our strategy to choose joy, to use these words that are found in the scripture, not to numb our pain, not to forget it, but to filter it, but to refocus and to discern the voice of God in our lives so that we can choose joy. So I'll go first. I'll share one of my many thoughts I have from time to time. If I don't say yes to a project, maybe like something people want to hang out, or even an opportunity, I don't want to be known as the person who can't handle something, who doesn't have time for other people. And I'm probably, in my mind, I'm never going to be asked again. So even though I don't have the capacity I will still say yes, because I don't want them to think that I can't handle it. Plus, if this is a friend, someone I love, a person I truly respect, I have to now fight back that feeling of thinking that I am now less than in their eyes, or they're gonna somehow be upset with me, and so I'm gonna prove, I'm gonna prove my self-worth by overworking to the brink of exhaustion so I can accomplish it. Such fun up there, right? <laughs> I think, you know, is there something, when you think through that, is there something that comes to mind for you? We all have these different thoughts that roll around in our head that we don't even realize we're doing it. And that is why Proverbs 4.23, it says this, more than anything you guard, protect your mind because life flows out of it. So if we take some of these words as filters and we run through it, it helps guard our minds. And it is vital for us 
This is a constant battle for joy, day in and day out. So I created a few um, phone wallpapers because I know nobody ever keeps their phone on them. And so if you wanted to download, they're in today's notes. Um, but sometimes we just need these kind of reminders because as we go through the day, you're like, what was, what was that verse? So when we look at the verse, we use these words. One, for myself thinking about those thoughts, is this even true? No, no one has ever said this to me. I've created this all in my own head. And so many of our thoughts are just gonna be stopped right there. Is this even true? Is this lovely? No, because I'm not even talking kindly to myself. And the people that I work with, the people that I love, they value my opinion, they value who I am as a person, that I need rest. Is this good? No, because we just see that spiral of shame just happening as we talk to ourselves. And my self-worth is not found in anything I do. It is found in Jesus alone. So what are these sayings? What are these stories that you need to filter in your world? When we listen to his voice, he is going to take root in our life. God is going to start digging up those lies and those untruths, and they have rooted themselves deep within our soul. So Paul chose joy because he knew of the good news. You know who meets every one of these filters and more? Jesus. He does it every single time. Once we start using these filters, we recognize there's no scarcity mindset around joy. There is no certain amount of joy that each of us get, or joy is only reserved for those people. By slowly working on this, we realize that joy, it's abundant, and it is hope-filled, even when life hurts. It allows us to have breakthrough, which results in praising and thanking God, and in turn, we can focus more clearly. We can make those rational next steps. But even if we choose joy, does it really change our relationship with others? Have you ever had a moment where someone, they just gave you some encouragement when you were going through a tough time? They gave you kindness, a listening ear. Just their presence alone helped you to see the beauty and truth in this world. Their joy wasn't rubbed in our face. It was rubbed on our soul, like when your mom put Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest as a kid. We were comforted, and we felt loved by the joy that they extended. You may say, Danielle, with the brokenness and the hurt of this world, should we even be talking about this? This kind of seems like a slap in the face to those who are struggling, to our brothers and sisters all around the world. I loved how this author, Ross Gay, explained this concept. He said, what happens if joy is not separate from pain? What if joy and pain are fundamentally tangled up with one another? Or even more to the point, what if joy is not entangled with pain or suffering or sorrow, but it is also what emerges from how we care for each other through those things? What if joy, instead of refuge or relief from heartbreak, is what bursts forth from us as we help each other carry our burdens, carry our heartbreaks. I don't know what kind of face Ross has, but I think he's certainly right. 
I want to be the joy, what comes out of the pain, what emerges from myself, but not only for also all of those around me, and vice versa. Some of you know that uh, Scott and Lindsay, for a couple different times in their life, they lived in Haiti. And Lindsay and I were having a conversation the other day, and if you are in the hospital in Haiti, and sometimes even in, in local jails, your family and friends are the ones that need to support you. They need to bring you food. They need to bring you any kind of items that you need. You are now relying on the relationships that you have built in order to live, in order to survive. And that's exactly what Paul was feeling in this moment. He knew just as well because of the joy they had to participate in his hardship. Paul brought uh, this joy to a group of people 14 years ago, and now they were supporting him in prison because he chose joy, and it changed his relationship with them. He went on to write, Nevertheless, it was admirable of you to participate in my affliction. I'm not really sure of the wealth of this church community, but it was enough that it was felt by all. Paul writes that this wasn't the first time that they helped him. They were one of the only churches that were generous multiple times. They participated in his suffering, in his affliction, and they chose it as this holy sacrifice to what God is doing in others' lives. Their participation in joy emerged to carry Paul's heartbreaks. And choosing joy, it allows all of us to be that physical representation of Jesus when we are participating in others' suffering. So what does this look like practically, to choose joy in order to change our relationships with others? Um, it changes our relationships with our partner. Eric had a routine medical procedure the other week, and he's not a huge fan of medical things, shots and all. Um, and as his wife, I know that about him. I know that I'm going to support them. I, him. I'm going to be the light of joy that he needs in these not-so-fun moments because that's what I can be for him. He doesn't have to do this on his own. Choosing joy changes our relationships with friends or people in our community groups because maybe someone's just struggling. We all go through life crises or maybe we're wrestling with our faith. Your presence just to listen, to be a safe space and offer guidance when asked, right, helps them see a bigger picture where joy can be found. Choosing joy also changes our relationship with our families. Maybe you are in the throes of raising humans, all right? You get to experience and witness the joy of life and wonder. Maybe you can look back at your childhood, your family back then, and some of you, I realize, have experienced a lot of pain as a kid. But you know what? You can now go forward knowing that you don't have to be like that. You can find joy in breaking those generational patterns. You don't have to be like them. You may be taking care of aging parents. And even though this may be challenging and exhausting, you can be the joy in their life in this last chapter of their life. Choosing joy changes our relationship with our coworkers. I know nobody has problems with that. 
But Paul, he talked about two women that were co-laborers of the gospel, and somehow there was this rift between the two of them. And he strongly encouraged them in this last part of this chapter to put aside their differences so that they could work together for what Jesus has created, what he died for. So if there is miscommunication and tension within the workplace, how can you lead with integrity, honor, and humility to bring about that joy? Choosing joy changes our relationship with our community. My kids ask me all the time, Mom, why did you have to say hi to that person on the side of the street? Why did you have to compliment that stranger? And the truth is, I know our world is breaking. I know that so many people walk our streets and our communities alone. They are hopeless, and they're wondering, do I even matter? So maybe you walked in here today and you felt like, that's me. Do I even matter? And you had the courage to walk in the door. So thanks for being here. Because of community, that doesn't have to stay like that. Why not bring genuine social interaction after service or at the grocery store or walking through your neighborhood? And I know you introverts are like, please no, please don't. But joy changes our relationships with others. It lifts others up when we, they can't do it on their own, when they are struggling to find that for themselves. And that's what a community of believers, the church, is for. We want to have people know what we're for, not what we're always against. We are for the joy. When it's hard to find our joy, our relationships, they can come alongside us. Relationships matter, and I think that is the greatest asset of helping people encounter the radical love of God by who we are day in and day out. Are we the people that bring joy to others' lives? Do they even want to be around us? Because when we decide to hold on to joy, it allows us to represent Jesus to others who are reeling. Please hear me. Let me be really super clear about something. If you are experiencing suffering at the hand of someone else, that's not right. God is not asking you to find joy in that situation. You are not allowed to take that behavior anymore. Okay? But we are all going to experience pain. That is just a part of life. It's challenging. And God is not sitting up in heaven. He's like, oh gosh, I am so glad they are suffering today. Because it's easy for us to dwell in that mindset. Pain breaks his heart because that is not what God intended for us in this world. Ultimately, choosing joy changes our relationship with others. But most definitely, it changes our relationship with him. I loved what one of my Bible notes said this week. It said, Paul isn't saying here that this is all going to come naturally. That it's just learned. <laughs> the normal state of humanity is discontent and quiet desperation. It takes a powerful spiritual presence to transform anxiety into joyous satisfaction. So what are you going to learn for yourself? Is it you need to work on choosing joy as a filter? Do you want to represent joy to somebody else this week? How can you look for joy in your relationship with him? God knew that he needed someone to provide the joy because we cannot do it on our own. 
suffering and pain, it is going to take place on this earth. We live in a world full of broken humans and unimaginable hate. But this is not how it's going to end. God allowed his own son Jesus to suffer, to be afflicted, to die on a cross. He experienced the weight of humanity and because of his suffering, we get the choice to choose joy. And if we have said yes to the good news of Jesus, saying, yeah, I want this relationship, I want to experience joy, then we are gonna have the most fulfilling relationship of our life, and it changes our perspective forever. Then this sad story of what is happening here on earth, this is not the end. The story isn't over. There will be joy in the morning. He's not done with us yet. Choosing joy changes our relationship with others because we get to participate. We get to participate in the bigger picture, the story of Jesus. That transforms our attitude going forward and because of Jesus, he creates within us unstoppable joy. Thank you so much for listening. Here are two reflection questions from this message today. Number one, it is kind of differentiating between happiness and joy. And as a reminder, happiness is how you feel when good things happen to you. And also joy is an attitude and it's a way of life that you choose in spite of what happens to you. So I'd love for you to write down three things in each of those categories. What are three things that are make you happy? What are three things that give you joy? And thank God for the way that he shows up in your life and he provides joy for you. Number two, there was this quote from Inciting Joy by Ross Gay. And the end of the quote said, what if joy instead of refuge or relief from heartbreak is what bursts forth from us as we help each other carry our heartbreaks? I'd love for you to think through that yourself as you walk through this season in your life. Head over to my blog post as well for this episode and grab your downloadable wallpapers for your phone. This just kind of helps us be mindful of keeping joy in our life. There'll be a link in the show notes or you can simply visit daniellezapchank.com for details. Next week, you don't want to miss my message on hope while you are saying hello to this new year. We thank you so much for supporting the Parable Podcast and we are grateful for you listening and learning from all of these parable stories. Please share this episode with a friend or leave a rating or review to help people find out about this podcast. And a jolly thank you to my technical producer of a husband, Eric, as always, for making me sound so fantastic. That's going to do it for today. I'm grateful that you took the time to spend it with me. Remember, your parable showcases how God brings you joy through the people in your life. We'll see you back again next week on the Parable Podcast. <music>